This recording was made on Camaragal country, North Sydney, New South Wales. It's the only way that you can describe what a person is, describe what they do. There doesn't seem to be much job satisfaction or pleasure in this picture. Oi, oi, oi. Yes, we're back. We're back. We're dialed in for another episode. Actually, I've got some important breaking news before we get into this. Are you ready? I'm going to lean in because I'm not sure how to say this, but I think Chris Hemsworth is stalking me. Seriously. I really do. I think I spotted him. I think I spotted his head. You know when you see someone, you know when you make eye contact with someone for less than five milliseconds, it's pretty much all you see is the snap of their head because they've been looking at you and and you looked and, and they looked away like a, no less than five milliseconds too late basically i had one of those situations and i'm pretty sure it was chris and like all i have to say about it is like chris hemsy bruh i'm a nice guy just come and say hi like i won't bite i'm just a normal dude so anyway i'm not sure if he's listening or not but if you see him around please just pass that on for me um anyway With that PSA out of the way, let's launch right in. Today's podcast is with one of my favorite people ever to talk to. Talking with Anthony is just like, I don't know, I hadn't seen the bloke in six months and we sat down and had the following conversation. And hopefully by the time you've listened to it, the profundity of that will make sense because there's not that many people that you can do that with in your life. Like, I don't know about you, but I really value those people where you can just not see them for any indefinite amount of time. But then as soon as you do, it's like nothing changed. It's like you just pick up immediately where you left off. And I think finding an authentic representation of that in the myriad of people that are out there that we interact with on a day-to-day basis, those people are worth gold. No, more than gold because I don't really value gold. Sorry, that probably came off as an insult if you know me. I didn't mean that, Fob. You're worth way more to me than gold, my friend. You're priceless. And this chat was heaps of fun. So enjoy. (laughs) One day, one day I'll be past this, but I already feel like I've made great progress. You'll notice that there's four microphones here. That's huge. We've come a long way, my friend. Four? Where's the fourth? One, This one. Oh, right. Okay. Just the surround sound. Yeah. (laughs) You know me, mate. I'm, I'm rich in the detail. Mate, it's quite good for a little kind of DIY studio or a mobile studio. I like it just to be able to sit in a park like this. Mm. Like as opposed to, I tell myself, actually that's bullshit. I tell myself that. I'm like, yeah, it's nice to hear some background noise because then people can just really like dial into the scene and it's just be, it's like an excuse for having poor sound quality basically. Mm. It's authentic. But it is nice. it's just shit. It is nice. Nah, it's authentic. Actually, it's the buzz, like an insect buzz like that's kind of nice. Oh, 100%. In Australia, we're lucky with insects and birds and stuff. What do you think's the main thing we're hearing now? Traffic. That really dull in the background. Yeah. It's either, so, do you think it's the, it's not the breeze off the water, is it? Or do you think it's just I think traffic? it's too consistent. It's too much of like a block. Yeah. Yeah, noise. Right. It doesn't come and go. But I'm wondering, like, where's the road? What road are we listening to? Maybe it's like something down on the well, marina. Well, actually, there's a boat down there whose engine I think we're hearing. But the closest main road would be Victoria Road, just kind of over the water over there. Mm. <laughs> so, mate, how are you feeling? End of 2020. <laughs> mate, it's been huh? about like 
When's the last time we sat down and recorded a podcast? Yeah, months ago. Yeah. Would it have been like March or something? I reckon. Before the end of the world? Before the end of the world. Yeah, this is certainly a year that people are not going to forget very easily. <laughs> um, I don't know. I feel like, I mean, you must feel it having, I guess, been living in a DIY setup for most of the last six months. But I feel like we've just escaped it, kind of. Mm. You know? It's mm. so hard to, like... I guess even conceive it's nice that the end of the year like all of the kind of stuff that's going on with COVID here is kind of touch wood touch synthetic plastic wood <laughs> composite yeah <laughs> um has kind of like wrapped up nice and neatly at the moment that it kind of does feel like okay that was very much a 2020 thing we're going to close the door on it now and 2021 is just going to be relatively business as usual yeah here anyway yeah but i want i that i think i agree with you but like i find that almost concerning because the whole year i've been hearing people i just can't wait for it to go back to normal and i'm just thinking like get over normal normal is not like it's never going to be normal again yeah never like it's done and so like hanging on to a business as usual or life as we once knew it attitude of trying to recover that just seems kind of futile a little bit so what elements do you think that won't happen in because i mean like i think my main gauge is what you can and can't do at the pub okay yeah yeah good yeah good litmus test yeah so you know at the moment i mean like what they announced the other day it seems like it's almost back to what you could do pre-pandemic in that you can walk around and hug and kiss anyone and you, can you i didn't nah, think you're allowed to no you can't oh you're not allowed but, to but you you we're getting closer there so you can i think they announced you're allowed to be standing outside like in a beer garden now you're allowed to stand while you sip a beer but you, if you're inside, you still have to be sitting down. Why? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's the thing. It's an amazing amount of um, like constriction of of what's allowed and what's not. Yeah. Like if you had a tinfoil hat wrapped around your brain, you'd have melted down by this point in time. Oh. Like this has been the year of just crazy. If you want to get conspiracy theory, the amount of like human movement that is restricted, oh, it's like insane. interpersonal interaction that has been like completely taken away from our lives mm. if you're if you're into Orwell I'm pretty sure you've read that book haven't you 1984 <laughs> yeah I love it <laughs> multiple times yeah. reread it at the start of the year yeah did you actually <laughs> yeah just oh. just for the mind fuck fucking hell man you're a sadist dude I don't know why you do that to yourself for this year <laughs> <laughs> nah admittedly it was sort of before everything I think I've finished it in like maybe February just before things were getting really hectic yeah um yeah but I mean so okay yeah back to my question mm. so like using the pub as a litmus test it feels like things are getting back to normal what do you think will never go back to normal yeah what, what will be forever altered because of this um I think like greeting, greetings are just hard now. Like, I remember when this kicked off, a friend of both of ours who shall remain nameless leapt in and gave me a big bear hug when he saw me. And it was right at the height of like, this is escalating. Yeah. I'm, you know, living with my parents. I'm pretty anxious not to like, I don't know what's going on. But anyway, yeah. wrapped me in this big bear hug and I felt quite, kind of violated. I was like, 
whoa, this was a real invasion of my space that I didn't realize I had sort of reevaluated. Yeah. And even now, at the end, other end of it, if we are getting back towards business as usual, I find myself automatically going for a certain greeting of like whether it's a handshake or a hug or whatever and then realizing halfway into it like oh shit i haven't actually checked whether this person in front of me is cool with whatever mm. level of touch i'm about to suggest we we experience as a greeting or whatever you know and like it, that's i don't yeah. know how to recover that that's like a very big impediment to having just a natural yeah, this kind of whole idea of like consent now is not just like right. yeah, attached yeah, yeah. to like sexual intimacy. It's like all kind of physical touch requires almost like a verbal consent now. Yeah. Just because, like, yeah, I guess like something like this exposes that we all just have so much shit crawling around on our hands all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So I don't know if that's going to go back to normal. I used to think like joint circles were a thing of the past now as well, but... I feel like the people oh, who are right. in joint circles are probably not that worried compared nah. to most people. So that's probably not. Nah, yeah. But yeah. like definitely sharing, just like sharing food and drink. If you're out at a restaurant, maybe with people you've just met or yeah. something. Mm. But then again, these are things where I'm like, I'm kind of okay with that. I don't love sharing stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, consumable stuff. Like. Yeah, I want to. <laughs> I want to know how much I'm getting. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, what what, about, what like, do you think? It's hard to say. I just... I don't know. The freedom of movement, though, is like the one that strikes me. It's just like something that we've just been increasingly like encouraging and I guess taking for granted. And yeah, I don't know. That seems to be the one that... It's just like, yeah, been so interrupted. Yeah. Um, not sure. Not sure. Not sure what I think about it. The freedom of movement thing almost feels like a vaccination unto itself, where it's like if you don't have the Service New South Wales app or you haven't checked in or done X, Y, and Z to register your location and your movement mm. and stuff, then sorry, you're going to be excluded from certain things. And it's yeah. almost like yeah the vaccinations kind of already started in terms of demarcation of people mm. yeah that's it yeah that's an interesting one like now this whole idea of i mean we always kind of had the sense that we were being <laughs> tracked or our location was always like we available were, yeah we were volunteering it like i guess consciously or subconsciously through apps that we were using and things like that but now it's like it's a really conscious like every time you walk into a place it's like yeah you've got to you've got to fucking do the qr code you've got to send the signal mm. that this is where i am you put in any fake names or email addresses nah. yet no nah, you yeah you i did, did it once i felt bad <laughs> i didn't do it again but i was according to that place i was john smith at gmail.com <laughs> probably was more than one john smith there. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, I just wonder, like, does a, does a medical vaccine cease all that? Or will it be a thing where you have to, like, prove that you've been vaccinated to go into places, maybe? Yeah, that's what I reckon. Like, to, and that, I mean, that's hard to argue with as logic. To, like, no, you can't get on this aeroplane fucking metal tube with 200 other people unless you can prove that you're not going to make them sick. Yeah. But if you're in this like conspiratorial oh, dubious wow. of surveillance culture that we've established, <laughs> yeah. then that feels like 
just this immediately restrictive thing. And it's just, you're just going to be ostracized further and further into the margins if you think that, if you're, you know, even questioning how much of your data to give or how, mm. how what, let someone inject you with something or something like that. So where do you, okay, because this is like, where do you draw the line with these things? Like, okay, let's talk anti-vaxxers. Yeah. <laughs> My inclination, I'm just going to come right out and say it, is that they're all fucked. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, part of me is attempting to reconcile <laughs> their, in my opinion, stupidity and ignorance <laughs> with the fact that do they have freedom to make that choice to not be vaccinated? And if they do, uh, should society be be allowed to exile them from doing different things because they've made that decision. Yeah, I don't know. Because, like, I guess, obviously, you know, the world hasn't faced something like this in 100 odd years. So that kind of, I feel, the anti-vax debate has been kind of largely kind of, like, hypothetical or superficial, you know, for the most part. Like, we've had a, you know, I guess, like, considerable herd immunity with all the other diseases that we've had vaccines for Mm. um we haven't had one i guess as pressing as this where it's like okay no this is we don't have any medication for this this is killing people this is making people sick it's disrupting you know the mechanisms of the world yeah it it's now like i guess a test case to be like okay what what freedoms do we give people that choose to make those decisions not to vaccinate yeah yeah well yeah but they does that come down to the most immediate um example of a situation that i can think of would be somewhere like childcare, mm. where surely that child care would have the right to refuse a customer effectively like it's easy to forget that like educational institutions or businesses but they are mm. childcare is no different would it, is it acceptable for them to say no you sorry your child can't come here we don't want your business because it's a threat to the safety and health of yeah that's pretty weird we've just had a google street view <laughs> with about 45 visible cameras on it cruise over <laughs> Give it a big old wave. What a fucking job, man. That guy gets paid to do that all day, just like... Yeah. <laughs> it's like an Uber driver with no passengers, just just cruising. Just filming. Just checking in, seeing how you're going, yeah. where you are. <laughs> yeah, do you, is the child... That sounds reasonable for the childcare to be like, no, you can't come. Yeah, of course. But, yeah, but isn't the kid without the vaccination the only risk? How are they going to give it to the other kids there who have been vaccinated? Uh, I don't know enough about the way that it all works and also what vaccinations we're getting. <laughs> like, I kind of... I've already forgotten, like, what I've had. Yeah. I think, like, I guess it's just in principle, like... Because the reason anti-vaxxers can make their... <laughs> can live in their position is because most people do get vaccinated. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like mm. their position is, yes, exactly is one, of, one of luxury yep. because 
<laughs> they're relying on the fact that most people don't have their opinion and will go and get vaccinated and subject themselves to potentially getting autism because like if if not everyone did that they'd just be as exposed as everyone yeah you know like, yeah 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 in the case of this childcare, you're right the kid that um isn't vaccinated if everyone else there let's say there was 30 people in the room 29 of them were vaccinated like odds are the virus if it was there would die wouldn't be able to live in anyone that had the vaccine mm. so they would be insulating the other child yeah yeah so that's the thing that frustrates me about it is like their position is dependent on the majority opposing what they think yeah and also then confirmed by default like they get their views succeed or they are proven to be not rational but um, not dangerous only because everyone else is protecting them almost yeah it's you remind me of this thing that I realised this year you know Pete Evans the celebrity mm, chef yeah, who's just a fucking goose <laughs> yeah <laughs> and he put up a neo-nazi thing on his Instagram recently and buddy got cancelled again for the millionth time but it, I realised that because he got in big trouble this year for selling some device for I think $18,000 a pop that cured mm. coronavirus with wavelength or whatever or some like gives you good vibes man and then you don't have coronavirus anyway he got caned for it he got a massive fine um but he i realized this thing about him that he has in common with donald trump and (laughs) bear with me here (laughs) and almost has the same thing in common with these with like anti-vaxxers or anyone with an extremely radical view yeah where they frame their they're like openly say yes i have a radical view um, that no one wants you to know about. And trust me when I say I know the truth, but it's going to try and get shielded from you and I'm going to try and be, I'm going to be discredited for saying so. And it's this really genius move where Pete Evans can go like, this thing's going to cure coronavirus, but mainstream medicine doesn't want you to know because how else will they get money out of you? Blah, blah. Yeah. And then as soon as mainstream anyone goes Not Pete so. Evans you fucking goose he's trying to rip people off again Look, he goes see I told you they're trying to discredit me and Trump does the exact same thing and it's almost like the anti-vaxxers as well where they get this automatic default confirmation of whatever radical shit they believe and it's it's like if there's vulnerable people out there they're like it's hard to um, it's hard to break through that. I don't know how you break through that. I follow someone on Instagram who is like in all of these categories, and I have tried most of the year to bite my tongue. Um, a mate of yours? Uh, former mate, I would describe okay, them as. Um, <laughs> not like, yeah, just don't hang out with them very much at all. Um, but yeah, they're they're very much in all of these categories: anti-vax, fake news, like QAnon. Yeah, basically just think the world's out to get us all. Mm. Um, All areas of the world are out to get us at all times. Mm. And I've most of the year tried to bite my tongue, but I've slipped up a few times and just like typically after a drink or two, just taking the bait. Yeah, just what's happened? Just taking the bait and just unloaded and being like in an Instagram comment. Yeah, just being like the fuck, like really? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And it's just like. I think I like got angry about something, basically saying like COVID was fake news and stuff. And I was just like, do you really think that something that's like 
killed, you know, like half a million people worldwide and has infected like 50 million people worldwide? Do you think it's fake? Like, who, who's trying to gain out of this? Like, it doesn't strike me as something that anyone's really winning here. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, kind of thing. Um, but it's this whole, like... It's this whole logic of, like... <laughs> what, did did this person come back to you on that? No, nah, not really. No, they just it's kind of dead about it. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> um, I thought you got a nice, spot. We did, but it's all good. <laughs> um, but it's, like, the logic is almost, like, the more people... Like, I think about it in terms of, like, scientific theory, okay? which is kind of like the more t- more people that agree, the more people that have observed something and come to a consensus about it, sort of supports the idea that it must be true. Oh, right? definitely, like a critical mass type thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's they more go the opposite. They're like, oh, no, the more people that believe it means it must be wrong. It's, mm. it's like, no, that's what the, ma- the mainstream believe at, so it's not true, of all things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw a, um, a doco this year on Flat Earth, and it's this exact thing but it's the exact thing what you're talking about where the message like I couldn't stop thinking about it and not because I was trying to figure out whether I believe the earth is flat or not I was trying to figure out whether like trying to reconcile how fucking sad it is because there's basically this group of people who have become so emotionally obsessed with this one radical ideology and then so ignored and like ridiculed by not just the scientific community but the world at large that it has just like it's crossed this divide into from being like an idea that they you know pursue to like an identity crisis and therefore if the idea is being attacked their identity is being attacked and it just retrenches them into this crazy view and then nothing breaks through because any 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 contravention to the, what they've decided is true is is an attack and is malicious and is in yeah. there's no way for it to be rational anymore. We're in this like scary territory where it's where kind of like these kind of examples crop up as like what's more important? Do people have the right to be an idiot and like reject fundamental empirical knowledge about the world around them? Uh, like, are we, are we no longer, do we have to respect their right to believe things that are patently ridiculous, unabatedly incorrect, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and like, just say, okay, fine, you can be a fucking moron and I'll just let you be like, and then, yeah, it's this weird murky territory where at what point, <laughs> I don't know, like, it's, is that progress? Is that progress? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, what's more important, the knowledge or not offending people? Yeah, it's that's so spot on. It, that's exactly like this. Half because half the people answering that question would say it is progress because we're allowing proliferation of of more human ideas of the world or whatever, and therefore we're we, evolving. We, no, we used to have those ideas until we realised they weren't right. Right. That we. <laughs> that's what science is: is testing them and figuring out what's right and wrong. Yeah, but I mean, that's that dynamic is the exact same thing about when does free speech become hate speech yeah and i should be allowed to express whatever views i want that's free speech but not if it's you know um marginalizing somebody to the same effect you know however many gender pronouns exist in new york state now that you have to you know you'll get two hundred fifty thousand dollar fine if you misgender someone accidentally even if it's a gender that you didn't know existed because (laughs) you know 
ask yeah, for forgiveness. That, you only thought there were two, but no, there's like a, eighty now. That's so. an interesting debate. In but it's itself. kind of the, it's along the same spectrum of this thing where yeah. it's like, is that progress because we're allowing um, more expression? And because that, like, from an artistic or um, I guess emotional perspective, the answer is yes because we're just more people are expressing themselves, and that's therefore a clearer cross section of humanity. But if it's at the expense of what we thought were facts. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, people, people wouldn't get offended by it. if, Like, yes, if you believe the Earth's flat, I'll call you an idiot. And you can be offended by that. It's not because... <laughs> it's not anything to do with the fact that the Earth's flat. It's just that you're contradicting <laughs> evidence. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You're... You'd, yeah, it's, it's we're, not we're, the belief itself. It's the it's the act of just turning you back on. Yeah, just intentional, willful ignorance of yeah. categorical truth. Yeah, but they're like, oh, you just subscribe to them. You don't know who's behind that categorical but see, truth. But all these they things don't that's, fucking that's, give you anything though. But it's, that's exactly it. Is that all this stuff is beyond measure for the average person? Where there obviously there is no test for someone's gender. You and I don't know the intricacies of vaccine development for a disease we can't see. And then we can't build spaceships and go into outer space and look back at the Earth and go, oh, it is shaped like a marble. I was wrong about it being flat. <laughs> and like mo- that's beyond yeah. the reach of most people. Yeah, and so I'm not doing that this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm busy. <laughs> I'm going to the pub. Yeah. <laughs> that's what society assigned me, the pub. Other people got assigned the spaceship. <laughs> exactly. But because it's out of reach of most people... That's when I think that's, it gives this like landscape where these things can take hold because they're beyond refute by the average yeah. person, direct refute. Mm. Yeah, they're like, nah, you don't know the people that write the mainstream news. You're just believing, I'm believing people that I hang out with. Yeah. This is what they say. You're believing something that you read in a newspaper. But you the, don't know them. You don't know their agenda. Yeah. <laughs> okay. do, you, do you watch Friendly Geordies? No. Have you heard of it? Oh, no, yeah. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Dude, some of the shit that he's done this year has just been incredible as far as, like, revealing the loss of objectivity in mainstream historic, historically trustworthy news sources. Yeah. And, I, like, watching stuff like that, I watch The Social Dilemma, and it's just really, like, done a number on my brain about not knowing where to turn or, like, how to how to assemble what I think are facts anymore. Mm-hmm. And like the amount of thought and the amount of evaluation, critical evaluation that every single person has to go through about every single thing is just astonishing. Yeah. And the fact that like any, all these algorithms and shit feed back to just keep compounding oh, whatever news you're already getting so that it's just like... Fuck the vi- algorithms, man. They're creeping me out a bit now. Yeah. Like when I was away i went up to byron a couple of months ago when i was up there my instagram was just flooded with fucking beach towel ads because because like on the way up i was like i don't have a beach towel i need to buy a beach towel you said it out loud yeah and then it was just boom far out (laughs) yeah fucking like for days on end i was just like oh my god stop predicting me I'll get my I'll get a beach towel on my own time. Stop <laughs> nagging me. <laughs> yeah. Would, so would a technologist say that that's actually really they're trying to be helpful? Sorry, Anthony. Hey, just trying to help, dude. 
You yes, said you need a beach would. towel. Yes, they would. Just trying to save they you would. some time, Look, man. And like, you know, I've sort of, I'm suspicious of it, but yeah, I understand that there are practical applications. Like, yes, it is trying to help a little bit, but it's more just like, <laughs> I want to be able to remember it and forget it and remember and rock up to the beach having forgotten and <laughs> being an idiot. Because that's how you learn, yeah. you know? Sick of everything being put at my feet for me, you know? Sometimes you have to take the the path less travelled, the one that's more yeah. difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, yes. You have to, like, pursue the discomfort. You have to experience... At the very least, you have to pursue it. You have to experience the yeah. discomfort to learn shit properly. Yeah, you have to rock up to the beach without a towel and be like, fuck, sucks. I got in the water and now I'm just cold now and wet. I'm salty and sticky yeah. and I drive myself with a T-shirt that I can't yeah. wear now. Now I'm making my friend's car sandy and wet and they don't like me as much anymore. That's just what life <laughs> is, okay? Sound like you had a good trip. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like, I don't... You know, like... So do you feel you're able, I agree with you, do you feel like you're able to just stop it then? Just jump off the program, just get off Instagram, get off fucking everything. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't feel like that. That's, I feel like that is the big, I feel the same, yeah. and that is the scariest part of it. Yeah. Like, I, because I know I can, so can you, we can just like delete the apps you don't yeah have to I'll still live shit. I'll still be alive you'll be alive you can go off and do stuff and it has nothing to do mm. with your phone but and then I tell myself these things like oh you know what if I want to um, you know how else am I going to tell people about my podcast or how am I going to eventually sell my fire truck or like yeah. all these things where you can tell yourself you do need it or yeah yeah you know what's been um Sorry, we'll just wait for the helicopter to pass. Cool noise, eh? Nice. Probably nice. sounds great in headphones. Too. <laughs> um, this is a little bit removed from the topic, kind of just going to the side a little bit here. One thing that has really struck me um, that this year has pointed out is that I think, like, the need for f interpersonal contact with people has really revealed itself as a necessity you know I feel like for the last 15 20 30 years we've been trending towards like this online world yeah. where we and this year has like I guess demonstrated that by and large a lot of things a lot of businesses a lot of organizations a lot of communities have proven that they can exist online a little bit and you know, kind of get around it while it's been necessary. But I think um, from an emotional like, and just well-being point of view, humans this year have proven that they do need physical solidarity with yeah. other humans. Yeah, um, definitely. Which has been really actually refreshing, I think. Um, because I guess like we've all, always had this sort of sense that the world's travelling to this place where... Will we, will we just stop seeing people in the flesh because mm. everything will be available online? But I think, I think, yeah, it's just, it's still a primal part of humanity. Yeah. It's, that's got to be like the last bastion of biology that technology has to overcome is this need yeah. for like intimacy and actual contact. Yeah. Because it's being threatened from two angles this year insofar as a lockdown, you're not allowed to go anywhere. Uh, and see people and obviously then not be able to touch them in, or like greet them the way you usually would. Mm. But then also the masks, like the masks have really, like the whole idea of masks 
has tripped me out a bit because yeah. I understand it makes perfect sense not to just spray your shit everywhere all over town mm. for other people to inhale. But at the same time, it comes back to this um, kind of social vaccination of if you don't have a mask, you can't come in here. If you don't have a mask, you can't do this. Mm. And you become a pariah for not wearing one. But you lose so much so many visual cues and little beacons and like when I mm. it's I remember making coffee at the beginning of the year and trying to talk to people in masks is like really hard to like try and look just through their eyes and figure mm. out like how to talk to them well add to that you're hiding like two thirds of the face that's what so I mean you, yeah. yeah so you're just taking away like I guess that sense of identification with someone else is like yeah. being minimised just by virtue of the fact that people perhaps look a bit more uniform yep. when when two thirds of their face is the same as everyone else you see because it's just mask, mask yep. and eyes. Yeah, you know, like yeah, it's, and it's such an obvious black and white thing. You're either wearing a mask or you're not, and it's either like you can see someone's face or you can't, and it just seems like as soon as I feel so lucky that we didn't or we haven't yet touched more synthetic composite wood that we haven't <laughs> <laughs> been. That there's no laws yet that are enforcing it. Yeah. You know, New South Wales Health strongly recommends use of masks on public transport. Yeah, it's all strongly recommended. Mm. But as soon as it crosses over to you must wear a mask if you leave your house, that really frightens me because how do you wind that back? Like once that's happening, yeah. It, it, that's, it'll be like that forever because once the danger's gone, oh yeah, but we don't want it to happen again, mm. not worth the risk of this happening again, just keep your mask on, eh? Yeah. yeah that's the way. Does that mean if you have, if you got a tinfoil hat about this stuff, you know, get on the wrong strain and you're in a world of world of hurt. Oh mate, <laughs> <laughs> it's all just melting. Well, melting that away. social dilemma put it in um, put the the information shit in terms of gambling, which is something yeah. that you and I have talked so much about. How destructive and how ubiquitous it is in. New South Wales and Australia in general. Crazy. But I'd never put that together, that when you're refreshing a social feed or even the news, it's literally like a slot. Like It's like a slot machine. You're dragging, you let go, and then it winds for a bit. What am I going to get? What am I going to get? Bang! And then there's a new thing. And you're like, oh, not interested. Try again. And then like the way that that pathway is just engineering the addiction... I've got a really... Um, oh, my God, that's fucking terrifying. Crazy, yeah. I really wish you didn't point that out to me. Well, there's a lot of shit in that movie that I, like, felt the same way about, but I'm kind of relieved to have a better understanding of now because otherwise you're just trapped in it without realising. Yeah, I've been scared to watch it, to be honest. Yeah, it's um, pretty sobering because there's, there's, like, big names... Like, not names that I know of these dorks, but, like, they're people who... This guy invented the like button. This guy yeah, did right. this with YouTube. Like, they're big players in Silicon Valley. Yeah, as in they are they, the architects they for what we thing. use. Yeah. 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 Fucking hell. But the gambling element, like I've got a really um, a really close mate who is just like this fiercely intelligent guy who has done no social media and no news this whole year. And he <laughs> he says it's just been amazing. He hasn't lost he hasn't felt like out of touch with anything important there's been like bullshit social things or like frivolous tabloid things that mm. he hasn't been up to speed with but like this They're year just... we've talked about the news yeah. probably more than ever before oh god seriously yeah but he but it's literally like he's kicked um kicked an addiction that's amazing yeah yeah I just 
it's weird. Just the the twenty four hour news cycle is just nuts. Mm. Like this this culture that's just developed that just needs new information all the time. Like it's not like I feel like it's just. I mean, and this is just from my personal experience. I don't feel like people go like jump onto the news every morning because they wake up being like, oh, I wonder what happened overnight. It's more just like they wake up and their mind, they just don't know what to think about or... Mm. Oh, thank you. You too. Take care. (laughs) They just kind of have this like blankness and they're like, oh, I need to put something else in here. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, shit's still going on with Trump. Shit's still going on in China. Shit's still, you know, there you go. Oh, just confirmed it's still the same world. Yeah, still the same world. I'm still part of it. Cool. Yeah. But the fear basis of all of that stuff is what I think also drives people into that routine of like, like I notice it in myself because I I fall into this yeah. category where I, I would hope that it's because I'm wondering what's happened in the world this morning more than it is like I don't know how to think my own thoughts mm. because I'm fucking terrified to read a, a headline that you know, China has decided to fucking invade Sydney Harbour and it happened and this was the day and it's yeah. now it's happened. And like, because it feels like, I don't, uh, the yeah, problem is, is I know thing. I've lost touch with that, with, with the reality of that fear because of the news. Mm. And that's the yeah. scary thing is that having already lost touch of it, I've, you know, I've got no idea how, how appropriate my thoughts are anymore. Yeah, that's the thing. And like, particularly growing up here where we haven't experienced like, you know, I guess any kind of like invasion or conflict. any, any conflicts like that. Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. Would we be able to? I mean, we would expect that thing to take the shape of a headline rather than to take the shape of a oh fuck, like alarms are going off in the CBD. Like, we yeah. need to bunker down, like that kind of. Thing. Yeah. Although now that you've said that, I, I realise that I've forgotten that we have got those services where, you know, you get those text oh, yeah, messages where it says there'll be a security test on Friday at 11 yeah don't stress about the klaxons and maybe that's something to remember because if mm. shit really hits the fan you'll find out <laughs> so what do you like what's that how do you get away from it then exercise feels like a pretty instant um, way to get out of it to just like enforce your occupation 100% elsewhere so that mm. you cannot apply your brain power to a screen because it's getting harder and harder to drive out of range mate you wouldn't believe yeah. how much 4G is across this country you drive because it's all out in the communities yeah and we'd be driving like you know a few hundred k's between major settlements and then suddenly you just got this bing like massive flood of notifications and like because you just driven into some crazy 4G area hotspot yeah it's kind of hard to escape yeah. now uh, it's that's the thing you have to make the conscious choice to like you can't it won't happen by circumstance pretty much like that's the thing they, they, they've built the grid so that it's everywhere <laughs> so how much faith do you have in the individual then to make that choice for themselves as in me as an individual or the individual you me and five million other people in Sydney uh, and minimal minimal <laughs> yeah not much Minimal. I don't know. It's just... I don't know. Like, the thing is, there is good. There is good, you know. Like, and particularly this year, it's been a way to still maintain contact when you haven't been able to have that physical contact. I'm very appreciative of that. Um, And I'm very appreciative of the way that you can communicate with people on the other side of the world very easily. Things like that. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, But... 
yeah, it's just... But is that the short-term win that a gambling addict gets to keep them hooked? You know, is that a $5 feature for a $1 slap that's just going to get you to put another 50 in? <laughs> Probably. So hard to know, isn't it? I don't it? know. I just, like, uh, my... You know, my biggest fear is that with all of this, we've now... It's now just given a really, really good justification for everything to move online and, like, for us to reduce physical contact even more. Mm. And, like, I'm wondering now whether the future, uh, like, the post-COVID world is just going to have turned that corner that we were always thinking we were going to turn. Is this the, um, is this the what do you call it, the midpoint in our, in our little nature biology yeah, technology Yeah, like, potentially, graph? yeah, it could be. So now it's just exponentially on from here. Yeah, because like as soon as it happened, we were just like, cool, technology, this is our saving grace. Thank God. Thank fuck we don't need to be biology humanoids yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that's my fear. You know, like I would ideally, you know, because, uh, and it's been necessitated by, you know, like the economic structures, you know, businesses, we ha- we've, we're living in a such a precarious state that business is needed to continue as much as possible. It's been really hard to just like, you know, I mean, this might be a stretch, but you could think in theory, potentially like a communist state might be able to it like respond to something like this, be able to shut everything down and just have a state driven like okay yeah we're still going crops like we'll just send you know mm. I don't know I don't know maybe I'm going crazy with a tinfoil hat here but it's just like everything's needed to keep going and things have had to gravitate online mm. if they haven't done so already or they've had to open up those streams of revenue as much as possible mm. and now it's like it's hard to see people winding that back yeah a nice um, counter to that is the resurgence of neighbourhood cafes this year. Mm. Like that's been one of my favourite things to witness. Is like the CBDs have shut down and it's all just like it's all over. But people have just become obsessed with like they've become like these real watering holes for a whole neighbourhood that might not otherwise, you know, yeah, get to know one another that way. That's kind of nice. Yeah, that's nice. But I mean, like. And I guess that, like, that could last in theory if people do, you know, continue to have the capacity to work from home, I guess, more. Mm. And that's the thing, like, yeah, maybe that, maybe communities will reestablish themselves in the sense that, like, these big, I guess, like, more suburban places aren't just going to be kind of ghost towns during the day because mm. all the professionals that live in them are vacant from you know eight until six or something yeah you know yeah there might be more happening mid-morning lunchtime at these kind of neighborhood cafes because people are actually there yeah i'm excited for like two years time when cbd real estate has had enough time to reorganize and people who are currently getting rent relief or holding on to a big office space in the hope that everyone will come back you know, eventually realise I don't actually need all this space. Yeah, we'll keep a conference room and a couple of hot desks, but otherwise work from home mainly, whatever. There's going to be all these vacant floors. Like you look at all of these filing cabinets over there and they're all going to be empty. And there's so much square meterage. Mm. And indoor farming is a real thing. 
And if you think yeah. about the opportunity to like get grow labs happening in these buildings where, you know, 25th floor we're growing tomatoes, 26th floor we're growing whatever else. And then you can do that organically, you can produce soil with commercial composting facilities. And so using that space just seems like the place to do that stuff. And that kind of excites me yeah. because then not only are you, you know, consolidating space and maybe able to rewild some suffering pasture elsewhere, it's also taking away food miles, it's getting people closer to their food production and crazy business well, yeah. opportunity that's as well. The there, there is so much potential off the back of this. Mm. And, and that's the thing, like it's been really good, it's been a really good like forced rethinking of how society is structured. Um, in particular with respect to work like I, it's just crazy to think that like that was just assumed would happen like if you worked an office job it was assumed you would commute an hour each way yeah, yeah. <laughs> to go and do what you've demonstrably been shown this year that you can just fucking do from two metres outside your bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and maybe ten metres away from the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I mean like yeah, my hope is that remote working becomes a real possibility yeah. and, and like a real encouraged possibility and that's right it opens up other spaces to be reconceived repurposed the other thing that I think potentially might happen and this is another hope of mine is that you could start see seeing like a democratisation of like real estate prices because if we can get the world to a point where people can by and large work from wherever um, and make that a choice then people aren't going to ne necessarily have to be tethered to a location because yeah. of work as much so that could be a way to take the burden out of big cities like the infrastructure and the resources and stuff mm. and I guess like spread people out a little bit more and that, that way, like, your average punter growing up in Sydney won't have to live 60 kilometres out to the west to fucking be able to afford a yeah. plot of land. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know, because, like, you might just start to see, like, you know, maybe in places like Newey. Um, Do Byron? Byron, Coffs, like, further up, you know, might. Yeah. More people can live there. House prices, like it would just be a bit of a balancing act, yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of one thing. That's one hope I've got. Yeah, same. I, I think that's pretty likely as well. It's already been happening. Mm. Like everyone up in, like a mate of mine who moved up to Byron maybe five years ago, he just calls it Far North Bondi now because, like, <laughs> <laughs> the amount of like Sydney that's up there and it's already happening. And it also um, ties into this thing that you're saying about the re-evaluation of everything, this enforced, like, critical look mm. at what works, what doesn't. And, yeah, most people have taken a massive hit employment-wise or their business has gone through a severe downturn. For me, in the very privileged position of being unemployed already, <laughs> it's kind of easy to then look at it and say, well, maybe that is, like, a nudge from the universe that you need to start doing something in a different direction yeah. because when shit hits the fan clearly not essential yeah and on the in the inverse the people that haven't experienced a downturn have had the best years of their life like the neighborhood cafes mm. and this same mate up in byron who builds houses because of this like gentrification of these semi-rural areas mm. he's had the biggest year of his whole life his business yeah. is going nuts and like that's a few people that i've spoken to yeah 
Yeah, there have been some industries that have just like but this has been amazing for. Well, I heard someone said this at the very beginning. I can't remember who, but like the biggest companies in the world all started after the GFC, or like really kicked off. Yeah, right. The ones mm. that survive prove that they are appropriate for the the for the know, needs the yeah. reshaped landscape. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Um, one, yeah, another really interesting like positive that I've taken out of this year, like working as a tutor has been like there's been a real democratization of those services so like some of the tutoring i do is like online from boarding house in wagga wagga so like there's been now this like rethinking of education like how to provide these services to people in rural areas and again it's like this idea of you don't have to live in a big city to have access to good quality education Mm. like you can like do a bunch of this stuff online and make you know link people that don't necessarily live in proximity to each other but one you know one's a customer one's a provider Mm. and you know still have this relationship still have this service available to you know people all around the world people all around Australia yeah um which has been cool like so that's another thing that I hope like you know again that these are the benefits of moving online that I see but yeah Community, mate. Community. I want community to stay. Have you met people in your new building? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're all good? <laughs> Fuck, that's a different story, man. Really? <laughs> Isn't this what we're talking about? Like, you've, you're in a fairly dense area. <laughs> oh, man, I've got... The... I haven't lived in many apartments, but the neighbours in all of them weren't... Like, no one was that forthcoming. Nah, the guy that lives below me is, like, a genuine lunatic. <laughs> He's genuinely. What do you mean? He's a psychopath. What do you mean? Uh, he's. So there, there, two blokes live below us. Um, Are these the parties that you've told me about? Yeah, we got warned about them before we moved in. Um, one of them moved up to Queensland about three months ago. With a, with like he got a job up there with the view that his husband was going to be joining him. Um, you know, down the track, obviously, like the closed border situation is. Um, I guess made it not a straightforward situation. Mm. Um, the one that stayed is the crazy one of the couple. <laughs> and uh, he just, you know, I think he's having a bit of a tough time without his hubby with him, mm. which I kind of, you know, I'm a little bit sympathetic to, towards. But the way he deals with that is by drinking a lot and um, coming out into his courtyard below our apartment and just like raging at the world at like raging like three in the morning like yelling yeah really yeah you need a section this guy isn't that what sectioning's for yeah well so like the strata so the guy that lives above us so the guy below us has been there for like 15 years the guy above us about 12 I think so he's got like proprietary rights to be raging because he's been there longer than you Oh, well, can I just caught in the middle of this? Like, yeah. These two people above and below us have been living with each other in the same building for more than a decade. Wow. And th- this guy's just, you know, he's, um, he's loud and not very respectful of, the, of his noise. Um, so when you say raging, he's walking outside and just like, ah, fuck, yeah, Gladys ma- Berejiklian no, or something ma- like that. mainly raging about the guy that lives above us and about how, because... Uh, few weeks ago he like the guy upstairs just 
lost his patience because he was outside, like making noise, drinking, just singing. At, by himself? Yeah, at like three wow. in the morning. And so the guy above us called the cops to the building, basically like noise complaint, and then that just fucking set him off. Yeah, uh, yeah. And so then like he came out like 5 a.m., just started raging at the guy. Um, then it happened two nights later, same thing, like, fuck you, you're telling me I need to shut up. Again, like, 5 a.m. So he walks out at 5 a.m. and starts yelling, like, turns around, looks up and starts yelling. Yep. At a balcony, mm-hmm. an empty balcony, mm-hmm. until it becomes occupied, and then they just no, have it out. No, or no. No, the guy just, uh, when it happened two days later, the guy above wasn't even, wasn't even in the building. So I was the one, like, I came out and was wow. like, was like, mate, can you shut the fuck up, like... This is not the way to be dealing with these emotions. And then I, like, you know, yeah, went and followed it up the next day with him. Yeah, he's, he's, as I understand, like, moving up to Queensland in the next month or two. They're currently getting the place sorted to rent out to someone. So, thank fuck, but yeah. Do you think that's, that's hectic? Do you you think that's just loneliness? Uh, Or has it, was he like that before his partner left? He was he was loud and like pretty volatile, but his partner kind of managed to keep the reins on him a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, like my understanding is that the relationship between the strata and this guy has not been good for a long time, right. and so he kind of already knows. Like he's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder about it all, and he's very like he feels like his freedoms are being kind of or like his right to make noise he, he's all about like this is my place I'll make as much noise as I want right. without any respect or consideration for the fact that there are four other apartments in the building mm. and 3am on a Wednesday morning is not the best time to be yeah. out in your courtyard fucking raging okay like yeah, it's just yeah, yeah. it's just courtesy but, but is that courtesy <laughs> that he has lost sight of because because of loneliness so this thing happened while I was in Broken Hill. Mm. This fucking guy in a caravan park, just like he was such a pest and just wouldn't leave us alone. We're clearly like not up for a chat. I've got the awning tent down. Like it's in the evening. It's like very bad etiquette in a caravan park to go and get in someone's space, like in their sight, let alone actually like engage them, move in. Yeah. Anyway, this guy was just like. He was doing my head in and I was trying to be as patient as I could with him. Uh-huh. Um, because I counted a lot of like, you know, elderly blokes who are desperate to talk about my truck and I get it and I'm, you know, flattered that they like it and everything and whatever. But at some point, just like, dude. Anyway, we came back one day and this guy is just on the phone going ballistic at somebody. And up until this point, he's been friendly, jovial, thinks he's really funny. Like, that's why he's yeah. so fucking annoying. <laughs> but anyway, we've come back and he's on the phone just screaming his guts out. And then jumped in his ute, hoofed it out of the caravan park. We never saw him again. And we were both, Charlie and I, looking at each other going, like, that was really out of character from what we've seen. Like, yeah, he's really annoying, but he didn't seem like psycho. Yeah. And then it kind of dawned on me that he's by himself ostensibly I found out he was receiving a pension or like a uh, whatever from the government welfare from the government of some Mm. description yeah and ostensibly full time by himself on the road no one else around no one to talk to and it made me and then seeing this crazy volatility and like rage kind of made me think maybe 
this is the effect of loneliness is that it's actually made this guy mentally unwell where he's been so lonely that he has lost sight of common conventions uh, of communication and like how to read someone's face or you know how to like read a situation and communicate accordingly these are things that he's been denied for some for whatever reason there's a multitude of reasons has led him living by himself in a caravan park but it's produced a very legitimate mental illness. Yeah. Well, and look, like, that's kind of crazy that the environment can just, like, manufacture disease. Well, I mean, that it just sounds like this guy, by what I'm sensing, must have been, like, on his own for a while, right? And, like, if you're in a, a caravan park in Broken Hill, that's a little bit different to being living by yourself yeah, in definitely. an apartment building in Redfern. But they're going to have different vulnerabilities, yeah. and particularly if, if your um, best friend who lives below you is just sourcing himself every night mm. and, you know, drugging himself with whatever, yeah. alcohol, fucking who knows bad what. television, yeah. who cares? Like, it's just sort of exacerbating the loneliness or whatever. And, oh. For sure, that, that's definitely a part of it. But this guy was pretty unhinged before that, yeah, I right think. Um, and he's like the person that lives on the other side of the building whose like backyard runs up against his kind of like front little courtyard section. He's very friendly with her. He has people over from time to time. Like he, he's like no doubt not living with his partner the last few months would have been tough. But mm. I mean... Fuck me, he's like 50 years old. Like three months in the scheme of 50 years. And also like 50 years of learning how to do life. Yeah. Sure you got you can't, tolerance Yeah, it can't... Yeah, that's it. 50 years of socialisation can't unravel in three months, surely. It, maybe you can when there's like lockdown, pandemic, yeah, crazy shit going on all the time. Yeah, I don't know. Look, I... Isn't it weird, man? It produces this compulsion in me to like... I'm craving the community, but I'm t- more terrified of other people than ever before. And mm. those two things don't really match. No, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. All right. <laughs> this has been another inspiring, um, cool chat right to the bottom of the sea. Wasn't it extra cool when the rubbish truck came? And yeah. Made all that noise? yeah. That's yeah. the fucking best. I love it. I love it. Man. Every time I fire up a podcast, I'm like, I hope. Hope the rubbish the truck, truck comes. Yeah. <laughs> Desperate. All right. See you, man. Yeah. See you, mate. And that's that. I don't really have much to say about that other than that I bloody enjoyed it. How much fun is just talking? Isn't that cool that you can... Well, I find it really cool. I guess that's why I make bloody podcasts is because I quite enjoy the fact that you can get so much entertainment without a bloody screen or without even, I don't know, blocks of wood like they did in the 1800s. No, you can get so much entertainment just by looking someone in the eye and talking to them. And... That conversation was the perfect example. I loved it. I hope you enjoyed listening to it. Thank you for tuning in and thank you for... Oh, guys, unbelievable. More reviews are coming in. People are actually hitting the star thing on the iTunes and the the bloody Spotify or whatever it is. Listen to me. I'm a 90-year-old. I don't really know how to say it except for thank you very much and, I don't know, bloody hell, keep doing it. I appreciate it. It's awesome. I'm glad you guys are getting something out of it. Peace and love. I'll talk to you next week.